The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on Buffalo Rumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Bills-related podcasts. I'm John Boccasino, longtime host of Believe, and it is so great that you chose to download and listen to our episode of Believe wherever and however you get your Bills podcasts. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. I hope you enjoyed our draft recap podcast from last week, we gave you uh, our thoughts on Buffalo's six-person draft class and how those rookies would fit into Buffalo's plans in the 2023 season. This week's episode of Bill Leave, I'm going to talk about a topic that m- many of you might poo-poo and say, why are we wasting our time talking about this? But I've read a lot of articles. I've heard a lot of supposed football pundits discussing this topic, and I wanted to throw my two cents in uh, regarding the topic of Buffalo's Super Bowl window and whether the window has closed or not. There's been a bunch of articles and a couple of podcasts that have been dedicated to this topic, and I wanted to jump in and give you my thoughts here on this week's episode of Believe. And of course, I would love it if you would get involved on social media with this topic as well. You can always tweet at me. I am at John Boccasino. That's B-O-C-C. A-C-I-N-O on Twitter. The Bills, as we all know, are coming off three straight AFC East divisional titles, and they feature one of the league's top quarterback wide receiver duos in Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. The defense has been among the league's best for the last three seasons. Now, last year, the Bills had these massive Super Bowl dreams coming into the season as the prohibitive favorites in Las Vegas to win it all. And this was a culmination of four years of prudent drafting, smart free agent signings, and the development of Josh Allen into the long-awaited heir apparent at quarterback to Hall of Famer Jim Kelly here in Buffalo. The Bills have taken steps forward each year during the regular season, but the playoffs have been a different story, taking a step back each time the Bills have been in the playoffs. We all remember that Disappointing and dramatic loss to the Houston Texans in the 2019 wild card game. Then there was the loss to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game in 2020. 
There was 13 seconds and the painful loss to the Chiefs in the 21 divisional round. And then last year, the Bills were thoroughly outclassed and thoroughly outplayed by the Cincinnati Bengals in the divisional round. What made last year so hard to swallow was that 22 was supposed to be the year the Bills got over the hump. It was supposed to be the year the Bills won the AFC and played for a Super Bowl, hopefully bringing home that first Lombardi trophy. The Bills decided to run it back with many of the same key players from that 2021 season while making several key additions as well. And the Bills did play like that mighty prohibitive Super Bowl favorite, at least for the first eight weeks of the season. But slowly over the course of the year, Buffalo's warts and Buffalo's shortcomings were exposed. Mainly, an inconsistent offensive line, a running game that struggled outside of Josh Allen, a defense that failed to get after the quarterback once Von Miller was lost for the season, and an offense that really found itself too heavily reliant on Allen and Diggs. And while there were certainly things to be proud of over Buffalo's season, including winning a third straight AFC East championship, winning another home playoff game, Falling short of the Super Bowl dreams, it definitely hurts for Bills fans and members of Bills Mafia, and it was another troubling chapter in Buffalo's recent postseason history. Since advancing into the AFC title game in 2021, the Bills have failed to make it back there despite high expectations, falling in the divisional round in each of the last two seasons. While the Bills will always be competitive with a healthy Josh Allen under center, The challenge of winning it all certainly has gotten trickier with Allen getting paid like a top flight quarterback and the team finding itself tight against the salary cap. Despite all of the talent that currently exists on Buffalo's roster, there are some NFL reporters that think the Bills missed their best shot at winning the Super Bowl. And like I said earlier, after reading through some of these stories, after hearing podcasts featuring supposed NFL experts Dismissing the Bills as an afterthought heading into this season in the AFC, trailing perennial powers like the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals, and perhaps being bypassed by emerging teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Los Angeles Chargers, I wanted to address the topic of whether Buffalo's Super Bowl window has closed or not on this week's episode of the Believe Podcast. Now, this all boils down to this thought here. Has the team missed out on its best chance at advancing to and winning its first Super Bowl? The long and the short answers, in my humble opinion, are both the same and there are a resounding no. What it boils down to is this. It's easier to build a constant winner in the NFL when you have a quarterback on a rookie deal. As Brandon Bean was retooling and rebuilding Buffalo's roster, He got to enjoy four years where Josh Allen was on that rookie deal. And in the first two years of his restructured deal, the Bills still were able to capitalize on there being a relatively cheap salary cap hit for Josh Allen. In a sense, before this year, the Bills were operating in easy mode thanks to Allen's affordable contract. Now is when we really get to see what Brandon Bean and the Bills front office are made of. The team now has to operate on difficult mode. Now, when I before I begin my analysis on this question of the Super Bowl window, I want to put something out there. Debating whether a team's Super Bowl window has closed or not, it's not a new exercise. Fans have been engaging in these types of discussions for years. And honestly, it's kind of a pointless argument to have because Super Bowl windows are an arbitrary concept. 
It's up to the general managers to assemble the best rosters possible that gives its team the best chance at winning. And as we all know, that starts at the quarterback position. After being a quarterback wasteland since Hall of Famer Jim Kelly retired, the Bills find themselves in a fortunate position. They know who their franchise quarterback is, and they're not hoping that C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson or Hendon Hooker or any of the top college prospects that were just drafted, they're not hoping on a rookie to lead them to the promised land. The Bills have a veteran who's established and one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Josh Allen is him. He is the man who has returned hope to Bill's faithful that their team will capture that elusive Super Bowl championship. And like I've said a couple of times now, as long as Josh Allen is the man under center, the Bills will always have a chance to win it all since Allen will always keep teams in the game. And he's again, one of the top two or three signal callers in the league. No moment is too big for Josh Allen. Remember when pundits were questioning whether Allen could perform on the game's biggest stage? Yeah, all those questions, all those doubts, they really seem to have been pushed to the back burner. Allen has responded beautifully to the people who wondered whether he could hold up to the pressure and play well in adversity, especially in the playoffs. Allen has really silenced all of those doubters. He can single-handedly rescue the Bills from inevitable defeat against impenetrable odds. He is a player who raises his game when the Bills desperately need him to, and with a much different roster in the future, Bills fans, that they should be faithful and optimistic that he can take this team to the top of the mountain. Allen looks every bit to be a future Super Bowl-winning quarterback, and he's only 26 years old, so he's got a long career ahead of him, and that's another reason why this window of being a Super Bowl contender is kind of silly, because with a young quarterback, and Josh is still relatively young at 26, the window's always going to be open as long as Josh Allen is healthy and slinging the ball all over Orchard Park. Now, if there's anything we've learned about Josh Allen over the years, it's that he's going to use losses, like the playoff setback against the Bengals, as forever fuel, motivating him. He's going to store the feelings of that loss and that disappointment and keep it there front and center to help propel him and his team to victory in years to come. And as the Bills and their fans deal with, again, the pain of the loss to the Bengals, keep that in mind. With Allen out there, anything is possible. Now, heading into the offseason, we all knew that when the season came to an end, this would be Brandon Bean's most challenging offseason during his tenure as Buffalo's general manager. There's an increasing salary cap hit coming for younger players. There's older players that were at the end of their deals. We knew that changes were on the horizon in this offseason. And make no mistake about it, from the very beginning of free agency, the Bills found themselves tight against the salary cap. They needed to get creative with their finances to both free up money for addressing their offseason needs and better positioning the offense and the defense to succeed. One of those unfortunate decisions was the Bills had to let dynamic Mike linebacker Tremaine Edmonds walk in free agency. Edmonds earned himself a handsome payday from the Chicago Bears, getting an average yearly salary of $18 million that combined with the mega buck contract that Matt Milano signed as your weak side linebacker, it was just too rich for Buffalo's blood to be considering another $18 million plus yearly contract handed out to one of the defensive players here. And like I said before, when assessing this topic, I really feel that all this noise about the Bills missing out on their window to win it all 
It's much to do about nothing. Look at the way the team is constructed. Last year, Buffalo's defense was once again one of the best units in all of football. The team allowed the sixth fewest yards per game at a hair under 320, and the second fewest points per game, just 17.9 allowed per contest. When you peel back the layers a little bit using analytics, you find that the Bills were fourth overall in Football Outsiders DVOA, or Defense Adjusted Value Over Average Rankings, a cumulative score of minus 11%. The Bills were historically good last year in the regular season. They also allowed the fifth fewest rushing yards per game. On the offensive side of the ball, the Bills once again put up video game numbers, finishing second in the league in points per game at 28.4, second in total yards per game at 400, fourth in first down percentages at 36.9%, and they were ninth in red zone touchdown scoring with 60% of their trips to the red zone ending in six. Plus, the Bills' losses last year were only by a combined eight points in their three regular season defeats. This is what can happen when a team loses one game in the playoffs. Overreactions can happen. The Bills are still a really good and talented team that should be right there at the top of the AFC when all is said in 2023. And here are some more reasons I feel like the window has not closed on those Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, we've talked about why he is him, why he is the one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Josh Allen also played the second half of the year with a torn UCL in his throwing elbow, suffered during one of those losses to the New York Jets. Allen, as a result, I feel like was overcompensating. He had too many turnovers last year, and he really put too much pressure on himself to be a one-man wrecking machine, especially as his body was still recovering from that elbow injury. Allen also took too many punishing hits when he was scrambling or taking off on design runs. And it's been great to hear Allen himself admit that he needs to adjust his playing style as he gets older. Now, Allen being fully healthy, along with a motivated Stefan Diggs, again, gives Buffalo a top-notch quarterback wide receiver duo that should strike fear into the hearts of opposing secondaries. But one of the reasons the Bills offense faltered after that red hot start was the failure of Gabe Davis to emerge as a solid number two wideout. If Gabe Davis can somehow become more consistent and solve his drops problem, the Bills will once again have one of the league's most prolific passing attacks. A major issue for the Bills last year was a struggle to find a slot weapon for Josh Allen in the passing game, and the team also struggled to become consistent in the rushing attack. Buffalo did rank 7th in the league in rushing yards per game, but as we all know, a major caveat behind that stat is that Josh Allen rushed for 762 yards himself. Second year back, James Cook did seem to find his rhythm down the stretch, averaging a robust 5.7 yards per carry while giving fans a glimmer of hope that he can be Buffalo's featured back. But not to be content this offseason, the Bills also brought in a pair of veterans in Damian Harris and Latavius Murray to give the Bills ground game a more physical presence. So when you factor in Buffalo being able to roll out a top-of-the-league offense, a high-flying offense led by its dynamic aerial attack and the ever-threatening Josh Allen under center, the Bills have a legitimate chance at winning every single game they play. The AFC is no doubt loaded. We are experiencing a quarterback renaissance in the conference. You got the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. You've got Josh Allen. You've got Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals. You got the Chargers, Justin Herbert. 
the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, even the Dolphins with Tua Tagovailoa and Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens, there was a good framework in place for the AFC having the best quarterback class. Then you add in Aaron Rodgers of the New York Jets, and suddenly even the AFC East has potentially three of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league residing in Buffalo's division. That's a scary thought. But Bills fans who have shown great trust in Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and in trusting the process that's resulted in four playoff appearances in the last five years should have faith that Bills will be a a perennial contender in the AFC for years to come. And while it's true that last year the team might have had a golden opportunity, I want to point out something we've talked about before, that last year the Bills had more than just their opponents to overcome on the field. They had mental and emotional fatigue. The Bills had arguably the most conflict and the most trauma to deal with of any team. When you think back to the racially motivated mass shooting in the tops that killed 10 people and wounded three more in May, then there were the deadly snowstorms that killed more than 50 people. You had Dawson Knox losing his brother, Florida international linebacker Luke Knox, two weeks before the season began. And then there were the two cardiac arrest incidents, one involving co-owner Kim Pagula and the other involving safety DeMar Hamlin, who, as we all know, suffered that traumatic incident January 2nd. He nearly died on the field. Hamlin's teammates watched as his heart stopped beating and required eight minutes of CPR. But thankfully, Hamlin is still with us today. In fact, it's a miracle, but he was cleared to return to the team and resume all football activities a few weeks ago. Once we got that good news about Hamlin and his remarkable recovery, the Bills resumed practicing and they prepared to close out the regular season against the New England Patriots in one of the most electric atmospheres I've ever experienced at a Bills home game. That resiliency of the Bills stepping up and overcoming all odds really allowed Bills fans to dream that perhaps last year's team was a team of destiny, one that would carry their beleaguered city on their shoulders en route to that elusive Super Bowl championship. But it just wasn't to be, as we know, the Bills won in the wildcard round against the Dolphins, but then fell short of their stated goals by being battered and beaten by the Bengals in the divisional round. And it was evident during that playoff game that after months of the ups and downs, surviving and weathering an emotional season, everything caught up to this Bills team. Um, The players admitted themselves in the aftermath of the loss that they were exhausted, that their hearts were heavy, and that they had overcome so much adversity until they just hit a wall and had nothing left to give. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more 
and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Heading into this 2023 season, I get the sense that Buffalo is happy to have a clean slate and a fresh start, putting behind it that emotionally charged 22 season. The Bills have been forced to be financially responsible with their offseason moves. The signings of guards Connor McGovern and David Edwards, the signing of wide receivers Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield, the additions of running backs Damian Harris and Latavius Murray, and even safety t- Taylor Rapp. Those are all low-risk, potentially high-reward signings, and they're exactly the type of shrewd and prudent off-season additions that you've come to expect from one Bills drive. Plus, the Bills re-signed all-pro safety Jordan Poyer, so with Poyer and Rapp in the fold, the Bills have both experience and talent to go with returner Micah Hyde and Damar Hamlin in the secondary, not to make anything of the fact that you also might get Christian Benford shifting from cornerback to safety as well. The Bills have one of the best secondaries in the league with Tredavious White, with Kyer Elam at cornerback. The one-two punch is there for Buffalo's defense. And I know that Leslie Frazier will not be calling the plays, but I have a lot of faith that Sean McDermott, the defensive genius behind the Carolina Panthers and Philadelphia Eagles teams, he will be up to the challenge of calling plays and putting this defense in a position to succeed. Now, there is still a major question at linebacker for this team, as the team really didn't do anything to address the loss of Tremaine Edmonds, unless you believe Bean when he expressed faith that the team already has its starting Mike linebacker in-house, either Terrell Bernard or A.J. Klein, who re-signed on a one-year deal. Even though the Bills did fall short in their playoff chase last year, they have the hope that the right mix of talent from the 2023 NFL Draft mixed with their veteran free agency signings will be the key moves that get this team over the top and possibly win that Super Bowl coming up in 2023. And I do want to point to the draft as another major reason besides some of those prudent free agency signings. I feel the draft is another reason why Buffalo's Super Bowl window has not closed. Now in total, the Bills had six picks in the 23 draft, and they emerged with a tight end slash slot receiver and Dalton Kincaid in the first round and guard Osiris Torrance in the second round as the signature signings from the draft. Both of those signings addressed major concerns about Buffalo's roster. One of the biggest was the offensive line being completely unreliable and inconsistent. While this offseason, the Bills have gone about retooling the O-line, which again was one of the biggest areas of concern heading into the offseason. The signings of Connor McGovern and David Edwards were definitely a start, but then the team made a major splash in the second round on Osiris Torrance at pick number 59. He was arguably the draft's top interior offensive lineman, and this offseason, Coach Sean McDermott made subtle references to needing to better protect Josh Allen. While between the sizable investment in Connor McGovern to play left guard and the addition of Osiris Torrance, Buffalo has made big investments in the offensive line. In fact, Torrance is the major, in fact, Torrance is Buffalo's biggest draft investment in the interior of the offensive line since Brandon Bean took over after the 2017 NFL draft. The addition of Torrance immediately improves Buffalo's overall depth along the offensive line. And in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Torrance was in the starting lineup as early as this year. 
when you look at how great he was in zone blocking schemes, which is Buffalo's bread and butter, and his ability to keep the quarterback protected and hold a firm pocket, you got to do yourself a favor. Watch some of the video highlights of Torrance from his Florida days that are out there on social media. His pocket presence is phenomenal. He never allowed a sack and pass blocking situations during his collegiate career. His presence as an immediate starter on Buffalo's offensive line, that's another major reason why Buffalo has made major strides this offseason. And there's a sneaky second member of the offensive line that also helps uh, with my prognostications for Buffalo this year. And it's Nick Broker out of Ole Miss, who's an excellent addition to the interior of the offensive line. He really is the type of guard that Aaron Cromer, the O-line coach, covets. And all of a sudden, the Bills have established good depth on the interior of that offensive line after it was a weakness for the past several seasons. Between Broker and Osiris Torrance coming in via the draft and Edwards and uh, Connor McGovern coming in in free agency, the Bills really did a lot to change around one of their big weak spots. Another weak spot where you might think Buffalo's Super Bowl window has closed was how reliant the offense was and how predictable the offense was on the digs to Allen connection. Especially over the second half of last year, the offense did become too stagnant when teams were able to take away Diggs' presence on the field. So what did Brandon Bean do? He went about addressing this weakness by giving Allen more playmakers. First, he signed a pair of speedy wide receivers who also excel in yards after catch, another area that Buffalo was lacking in last year by bringing in Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield. Then he outdid himself by trading up in the draft to give Allen perhaps the best pass catcher in the draft in Utah's athletic tight end slash receiver Dalton Kincaid. Kincaid represents another talented and reliable pass catcher and someone who Brandon Bean admits gives the team a versatility that it was sorely lacking coming into the draft. Adding a player like Kincaid, who had 175 catches as a college player, really adds another layer and dimension to Buffalo's already special offense. Kincaid could be a slot receiver as a physically imposing and athletic body with great agility, and he could also line up as a tight end if the Bills opt for more 12 personnel looks, although they did go with that look only 13% of the time in 22. Hopefully, with the Pro Bowl potential that Kincaid has and his fluid movement skills, his quick feet, his excellent hands, and his great route running, Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, will find a way to get Kincaid on the field a ton coming up this year. Kincaid's addition really represents a market improvement for a Bills team that sorely lacked a threat in the slot. Last year, Jamison Crowder was thought to be that guy, but he suffered injuries and was an unreliable weapon on the field. The Bills sorely missed Cole Beasley and that slot threat that third and Cole represented his first four years in Buffalo. I think the Bills see Kincaid as their first choice as that slot receiver as early as this upcoming year. And the challenge is now on Ken Dorsey to find ways to best utilize this talented first round pick in potentially slightly unconventional ways because the Bills, again, really have not shown a penchant for thriving with two tight ends on the field. The challenge is on Ken Dorsey to find ways to make this investment worthwhile and make the most out of what Kincaid brings to the offense. 
Now, there's still another area of weakness out there when it comes to this Bills team that might be making you think their window is closed, and it's on defense in replacing Tremaine Edmonds. But when you look at what the Bills have done this offseason, it's clear they have faith in Terrell Bernard, they have faith in A.J. Klein, and they have faith in third-rounder Dorian Williams out of Tulane, who is not going to replace Edmonds, who is more of a Milano type as a weak side linebacker, but has a lot of the athletic talents that you look for as your middle linebacker. He could potentially cross train at middle linebacker down the road, but worst case, the signing of Dorian Williams via the draft gives Buffalo another outstanding athletic talent to compete at the very worst on special teams and potentially um, could contribute at the weak side linebacker position as well as Buffalo's third linebacker out there. And it's obvious that Buffalo doesn't view the middle linebacker spot as highly as a lot of fans did. A lot of fans thought that Bills would place a lot of uh, emphasis on adding a linebacker into the draft, but that's clearly not the case. Middle linebackers have become devalued in the NFL. And when you look at the value picks out there, running backs and middle linebackers are amongst the positions that have been the most de-emphasized in the league. And it makes sense that the bills did not spend heavy, high draft capital say in the first round on a Jack Campbell or a Drew Sanders to take over the mantle. Buffalo's defense is going to be different next year for sure, but I'm excited to see what's going to happen uh, with the athletic talents that Buffalo has on defense. And especially when you look at some of the ways that this philosophy is of Buffalo's defense, Brandon Bean wants to take as many talented swings as possible at linebacker to replace Tremaine Edmonds internally. And again, I've ran through some of the big options out there uh, for who can step in and replace Tremaine Edmonds who departed via free agency to the Chicago bears. So the bills really, as much as they, they didn't get a chance to take as many big swings as they did last year in free agency to address the roster needs, make no mistake about it. The bills have made calculated moves that were all done with odds of improving their roster without jeopardizing their championship window in the long term. And in the draft, the bills turn their focus on both intentional and direct responses to some of their shortcomings from the stretch run last year, i.e. they wanted to give Josh Allen as much help as possible, both in the form of a dynamic pass catcher who really will present a unique challenge to defenses and a borderline first round prospect and one of the best offensive linemen in Osiris Torrance, who will help protect Josh Allen and keep the quarterback upright. It's really refreshing, in my opinion, to see the Bills make this paradigm shift from investing their high draft picks in the past on defense. And remember, before the addition of Kincaid, seven of Buffalo's last eight first-round draft picks were on defense. The Bills are instead changing up their philosophy, and they're going to try to add more to the offense, knowing that the offense is going to be what wins games in the playoffs and really helps make Buffalo's offense more multi-talented and a multi-threat by giving playmaking weapons up and down this lineup. Instead of trying to thwart their opponent's prolific quarterbacks in the postseason, like Patrick Mahomes, the Bills are going away from a strategy that has not worked, and they're pivoting to be more offensive-minded. And you can say that the Bills roster is not as talented now as it was in 2022, but I would argue this roster is better constituted to make a deep run in the playoffs. The Bills have addressed their areas of need, 
being adding more playmaking weapons on offense, getting a more protected offensive line to keep Josh Allen upright. And again, the defense is going to be better because you're going to have a big body like Puna Ford, uh, who was recently signed via free agency. That's going to help with the run stuffing abilities while freeing up, uh, while freeing up Ed Oliver to do Ed Oliver things and not having all the focus put on him on the defensive line. I give the bills a lot of credit for adopting and adapting their philosophies to compete. And now the bills have that motivation. They're not being thought of as the super bowl favorites like they were coming into last year. The bills, I think have a chip on their shoulder. They're also going to have a fresh mentality from overcoming all that adversity last year. I think this is going to be a dynamite boom season for the Buffalo Bills. There's still work to be done. The Bills still have remaining needs out there. But like I mentioned, one of their biggest was adding to the defensive line. And they did that this week in free agency, bringing in defensive tackle slash nose tackle Puna Ford. It was a team-friendly one-year deal. And in my opinion, this signing automatically makes the Bills more effective against the run while helping take some of the focus away from Ed Oliver along that defensive line. Ford signing is another one of those wise under the radar moves this offseason, one that vastly improves Buffalo's defense. So while the Bills help their overall depth on the offensive line by adding Torrance in the second round, there are still some other areas of concern, more specifically being an offensive tackle and the depth at the offensive tackle spots. We think Deion Dawkins and Spencer Brown are locked in at left tackle and right tackle. Spencer Brown has so much to prove on the consistency front this year. But there's questions beyond them. There's a lack of depth. David Quesenberry is currently the top reserve offensive lineman. And then you've got inexperienced Tommy Doyle coming back from an early season torn ACL. Hopefully Brandon Bean scours the free agent options or goes to some of the cut, the guys who are cut on veteran cutdown day to bring in a better top backup who gives Buffalo more consistency should Brown struggle in his third season. In summation, as we're talking about whether Buffalo's Super Bowl window has closed or not, the Bills need to hit on their draft picks, which I think they have. Offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey needs to find new and creative ways to take advantage of Dalton Kincaid and what he does for this offense. And Josh Allen needs to stay healthy and get better at absorbing fewer hits with his punishing physical style of play. There's no reason to think the Bills are not going to be right there at the end of this season as one of the best teams in the AFC competing for that Super Bowl trophy. I think it's a completely overblown notion. In fact, I, I visibly laughed out loud when reading some of these articles saying that Buffalo's Super Bowl window has closed. I fully trust what Brandon Bean is doing at one Bills drive. I think the Bills have all the potential in the world to go out there and win a Super Bowl this year, and I cannot wait to see what happens once the season starts later on this fall. What do you think, folks? Has the Super Bowl window passed on the Buffalo Bills, or are the Bills still considered one of the preeminent threats in football? Get involved with me on Twitter. I am at John Boccasino. Next week, we will be fully assembled. Jamie D'Amico will be back from his international vacation, and I cannot wait to talk more Buffalo Bills football with you, Bills Mafia, here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. 
Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 